Welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. How are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope that you are doing better this week. So today, I'd like to talk to you about the gift of simplicity. Last week, we looked at all the different aspects of our life. And I was very happy to share that with you, the emotional aspects, the financial aspects, spiritual, social, intellectual, and physical. All those aspects of our life are affected when we are grieving the death of a loved one. And if we are to move forward when we are ready, we need to sit with each one of those different aspects and ask ourselves, what would I like to improve in this area? What goals would I like to achieve in that area? In the physical area, it might be trimming down a bit or giving yourself the time and space to start a walking regimen each morning or at the end of the day. Maybe it's eating better foods. Now in the social aspect, if you've been, for instance, a spouse who lost their loved one, their significant person in their life, you might like to start dating again. You might decide, I'm just going to look and see what happens. No expectations, no pressure, definitely not telling anyone about this just yet. Just see who you might meet online or who you might meet in another support group for widows and widowers. You never know who you might meet and enjoy their company. Have a cup of tea or coffee together and just be around someone again. If you are dealing with emotional aspects, you might think to yourself, I'm going to see a counselor. I know that I need to, I know that I need someone to listen to me, one-on-one, face-to-face. Maybe that's what's in store for you this year. 
Maybe that's what will help you best. When you look at the intellectual aspects of life, would I appreciate a new course about something I've wanted to learn for a very long time that would make me happy? Why don't you go investigate that? So you see, in each of those areas, there is something to achieve, something to look forward to. And I hope you did those exercises with me last week in your journal. Other ways to simplify your life include your time commitments. If we were to sit down and look at all the time commitments that we have between what we do for other people, what we do for ourselves, which is usually the smaller list, how are we running our life and our time? Do we actually have time to be able to just relax each evening by ourselves and to ponder the day and what's happening in our life? Or are we so filled up with things that need to be done for others, for our children, our parents, our siblings, our husband, our wife? Are we so focused on all of those things that we have hardly a moment to ourselves? And are they really effective? Are they really helping us? We have hobbies and religious organizations and community events and just so much going on. And we feel frazzled from it, all the while trying to grieve for the loved one that we lost. And sometimes it's just too much. So how could we make life simpler? Can we cut down on some of those? There are people who go to church several times a week. Maybe once is enough. There are people who are involved in sports activities, playing ball several times a week. Well, maybe we can make that once a week. There are people out there who run around to all their children's activities, and it's so nightmarish. You never seem to get rest. Is that really needed? Can a child have just one sport that they're involved with instead of several? Even several activities. Can they have one activity that you will commit to this season? It can make us feel like a robot, just going on autopilot, trying to accomplish all these things for everyone. And how is that serving you? So start to write a list of the things that you spend your time with, all the activities that you go out of your way to help others with, and streamline it. Really think through how much you're capable of right now. Now let's speak about your possessions. If you were to look around your apartment or your home, you would find plenty that has been sitting around for a very long time, including objects and books and files and clothing and all kinds of things, sporting equipment and tools and so much that you really don't use any longer. What if you started to really take a good look about what you could release from your life Either give to someone else or sell it or donate it. Things that no longer are of use to you. Things that once were perfect for you, but now they're just taking up space. 
What would happen if you decluttered your home? And I don't mean all at once. There are plenty of methods to do this, and you could find a lot of them online. But what if you just took one drawer at a time, one closet at a time? What if you pulled out all the things you haven't worn in so very long, things that don't fit you any longer? And I know you're probably saving it for that time when you lose those extra few pounds and you'll be able to get into your clothing. But let's be realistic. Are they out of date? Will you ever wear them again? Have you worn them in, oh, God knows how many years? Maybe it's time to just kiss that garment, say thank you, and put it in a bag so someone else can get use of it. During this time that we've been living through with the pandemic, we've become a lot more aware of what we are spending money on and whether it's serving us or not. And there's no reason why, if we have the finances to do it, that we should start to release our debt slowly. There is a philosophy that we should write a list of all the debts that we have, including the percentage the rate of interest that we are being charged for those loans or credit cards, and just look at your list. Then put it back in order, top to bottom, based on how much the percentage is. So in other words, if you have credit cards that are charging you over 25% interest, and there are several that do, unfortunately, almost like a loan shark to me. those credit cards should be paid off first. So it doesn't matter what the amount is. It is based upon the high interest rate. Start to whittle away that debt each month, maybe sending twice the amount of the payment that they are asking for, or even three times the amount if you're capable of doing it right now financially. Another philosophy is to make that list in the order of how much you owe the creditors and start whittling away at the ones that have the highest amount. So if you have a credit card and it's $5,000 and another credit card that's $20,000 and another card or a loan for your car that's say $15,000, you would start to pay off the highest one first. Work through that, pay it all off, and then get to the next one. So there's a lot of different philosophies on how to do debt management, but whatever you choose, please try to get those bills and those debts down. It will make you feel more free. You will feel better knowing that you have the least amount of debt that's possible for you right now. Another way to help yourself in simplifying your life is to decrease substantially for many of us the screen time that we do each day. How much screen time do you take? You have your phone, you have an iPad or a tablet, you have a computer or a laptop, you might even have an iWatch. All these things take up our time. They keep us from focusing in on the simplicity of life that we really need right now because there's just so much going on and we're feeling 
badly about the loss of our loved one. The very best thing we can do is to keep ourselves away from a lot of technology now. And yes, it might help us to a certain degree because we're learning how to help ourselves. And I agree with that. But if we spend exorbitant amounts of time each day looking at a computer or our phone, and we feel the need to pick up that phone so many times an hour just to check whether we had emails or we had texts. And why is it that as soon as the texts come in, it's like we salivate to find out real quick who just texted us? It's become an addiction, and it's not good for us, not good at all. So why don't you take just a little time to assess how much screen time you and your family actually use on a daily basis. And I think you're going to be amazed. So can you cut that back? Can you leave that tablet off to the side? Can you walk away from your computer at a certain time of the day? Pick up a book. Be with individuals whom you love. Make a telephone call to someone. FaceTime them, see them face-to-face so that you can enjoy their company. Can you make a commitment to yourself that at some point in the day you will put them away or turn them off? I think that would help you so much. Try it and see how it feels. I can tell you from my experience, it is extremely freeing. And what we've decided in our household Every few weekends, we decide to have a technology-free day or a technology-free weekend. And on Friday night, we unplug and we just tell people we won't be online for the weekend. And it's so freeing to know that you don't have to respond at all hours of the day or night, that you can be free. So I wish you an opportunity to do that. Also, it's important to decipher what's really important right this moment and what can be left for another time. We have so many emails that come into our email box and we're at a place now where we don't even really get to read them. If we spend a few seconds looking at the title, it's a lot because you can have two, three, four, even maybe 500 or more each day, and there's absolutely no way that you would be able to read all of that. It takes enough time just to delete them all, and unfortunately, I don't. I just let them sit there, and so I have thousands of unread emails, and I don't care because I just can't take the time to read every single thing that comes into my box. I have consciously decided when I go through it, what I am going to read and what I'm going to leave for another time. Things that I need to address instead of all that's there. So evaluate what's really important to you right now and only address those things. Another area that's important to me is multitasking. Now I know all of us like to do this, especially women, We get a kick out of knowing how many things we can do at the exact same time. It's almost like a challenge. 
But I have to tell you, as time goes on, and especially when you're in a fog, and when you're trying to grieve, and so much is happening for you emotionally, multitasking cannot be the most easiest thing for you. And then you feel guilty that you can't do as much as you used to do before this amazing person in your life left us. So my suggestion to you is don't multitask any longer. Choose one task and only complete that. Then go on to the next. You can keep your list handy so you know what's coming up and you can set your priorities. But it's really important that you just complete one task at a time to keep your mind clear because you're just not in a position right now to do so much so fast all at the same time. Give yourself some credit. You've got a lot going on. And grief is hard. It's a struggle. It takes a lot of your time and emotional energy. So do one thing at a time. Don't feel guilty about it, that you aren't up to multitasking. And just be happy with the accomplishments that you are doing. If you take the time to think about and put into practice some of my suggestions on becoming more minimalistic or having a lighter lifestyle, I think it will really serve you well. And I'm hoping that that will bring you a much lighter outlook on life. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you're still thinking that this is really a wacky thing to do, but just do it for me anyway, okay? Thank you for joining me today. Remember to write five things each night in your journal that you are grateful for. Please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you've listened to me. If you need additional help, go to my site, marymac.info, for your free book. And please share this podcast with those who really need to hear these messages. I wish you a wonderful week ahead. I'll be thinking of you. Talk to you soon.